Hello and you're very welcome back to the Public Eye Business Podcast brought to you by Granite Exchange. I'm your host, Sarah Travers, and throughout the series, I'll be speaking with local entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about how their companies have come to be, to gain an insight into their growth and find out how they continue to innovate. So wherever you get your podcasts from, remember to keep an eye out for all new episodes and subscribe to stay up to date. Today, I'm joined in the studio by Peter Quinn. Who is Peter Quinn? Well, he is the owner of the Old Schoolhouse Bistro and The Shack. Now, both Peter and his brother Paul are about to join forces in another new venture called The Shack, but a different shack, which will be opening soon in Kamla. So first of all, Peter, welcome to the podcast. Um, I'd love to find out a little bit more about you in just a second, but I'm going to give a bit of background into your business. So the Old School House is a cosy coffee house and bistro in the heart of the beautiful village of Rostrevor in County Down, at the foot of the beautiful Moor Mountains, serving breakfast, lunch and evening meals, outside catering, bespoke functions and much more. The old schoolhouse pride themselves on the quality of their offering and the warmth of their welcome. Also based at the old schoolhouse is the shack, Artisan Wood Fired Pizza and Eats. And the brothers will be soon opening another shack, the shack, in Kamla very soon. Peter, it sounds like you're incredibly busy and I've just found out too that you have five daughters as well. So yeah, you keep yourself busy. I do. I don't know whether uh, my children keep me busy or my work. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure you never get a second to yourself. Yeah, but they always find time for them and um, sometimes work and take over. But yeah, it's busy, busy all the time in our house. I'm sure. Well, you know, maybe maybe the next uh, 40 minutes here in the podcast studio will be a bit of a, a break for you and an opportunity to perhaps reflect on what you've built uh, so far. Now, I've never visited the old schoolhouse, but it comes highly recommended. So tell us how it began. I suppose um, I'm probably in Restrever now about nine years and um, it was an existing business that, that I had taken over and purchased um, about nine years ago. So I was always involved in hospitality. My father was a publican and a building contractor so we'd always been in that industry, uh, I suppose hospitality since we were a young age and it was a natural progression then for myself to move into this line of work you know and I think your your dad was very well known in the area for lots of reasons but uh, he passed away sadly uh, last year but he built up quite a reputation and an empire yeah I suppose we have a lot to thank him for uh, he died last uh, August the 18th so it's about a year ago now um, but I suppose his legacy lives on in us and uh, we strive to do well in our businesses like he and family life like he did and what was the upbringing like for you then it was quite good, yeah. Nice childhood, and uh, plenty of good memories with my dad, uh, and plenty of hard work because he definitely gave us that. Uh, we worked a lot when we were younger. Um, and there's four siblings, is that correct? Yeah, I have uh, two brothers and two sisters, uh, and um, they all live around home still. And there are most of them are involved in business in some capacity. So tell me, your your dad, um, I think your parents had had a pub, the Quinns. Yeah, my father had a pub in Camla. Um, it was called Emma Quinn and Sons. Uh, <laughs> ironically, he had two daughters. Yes. But uh, yes, and it's still there now um, to this day, although it's now called the Ella Heifer um, Based Around Restaurant. And that's run by your brother Paul. Yes, that's run now by my brother Paul. And the Yellow Heifer, that's an unusual name. Yeah, um, a nice story behind that, sir, yeah. My father was a big Irish traditional musician and um, 
one of the uh, tunes that he used to regularly play was called the Yellow Heifer, and I suppose that's how um, when when it was a pub and didn't offer any food, uh, I suppose he always thought that if he had a restaurant, he would call it the Yellow Heifer. And then eventually, when that did come to fruition, that's what Paul decided to call the the the, the, the restaurant that he opened up was the Yellow Heifer. So it has links back to my dad, and uh, yeah, it stuck. And I suppose uh, it's. It's famous for its steaks, so yeah. i.e. the meat and the curry, yeah. so that's where it's coming it's from. It's a great name, and I've never heard the tune. I'm going to have to Google it whenever we finish this yeah. conversation. Your dad must have been very proud. Yeah, he was a proud man, yeah. And my mum, but my mum takes a lot of kudos as well yeah. for, for driving that forward, you know. I'm sure your mum was busy enough with she, everything that was going on. She did, yeah, but she always found time uh, for us, and she always found time for work. Um, very important. Running a restaurant, how, how difficult is it? I know you've got lots going on there from breakfast right through to evening meals, outside catering and functions as well. Yeah, it's busy. Um, but I think me personally, I like to be busy. Uh, I don't like the, dra- the day to drag on. So if there's plenty to do and and, and, uh, and the day it goes quicker. Um, I suppose it's this last few years, the hospitality uh, has faced a few challenges that weren't there prior to covid and now this year, especially with the cost of living crisis, that's had a knock-on effect on our industry. I think it's going to um, continue to be the case in the next 18 months. I think it's going to be very important for, for business owners and hospitality to knuckle down in the next 18 months and get through the curve until it starts bending backwards and comes back, stuff starts falling down again in terms of product and uh, commodities. So just tell me how that both COVID and indeed the cost of living crisis, what does it mean for you? Um, I suppose in business, business ways and personally, it has two different meanings to me. You know, um, I talk about COVID. I, in business terms, um, we had our business closed for pay, two periods, probably lasting about nine months in total. You know, and uh, I chose then to, I suppose, uh, change the, the direction I was going with my business, and I opened up a pizzeria built an extension on in the first lockdown and I opened the, the Shack Artisan Pizza and Eats and that's led me on a different trajectory in my business and uh, that's now leading to both Paul and I open the second Shack So it's Pizza a similar, it's a similar, it's the same idea, is exactly it? Exactly the same, same model of business that we have in Restriver. We're now just putting it to a new destination. So ter- why, I mean, obviously COVID is thankfully behind us, but the model, people still want the pizzas. Yeah, they do. It's quick. Uh, and it's it's nice to eat. I like pizza myself personally, mm. but the product we have, we think the products is on on point. And describe what you can get with your pizzas then. Well, the the pizza is the main product, and then we have the the secondary products, which is our dirty fries and our chicken wings. So we mm. do five different varieties of flavors of chicken wings, and we do five or six different flavors of dirty fries uh, with a bit of a street vibe to them. So. I think that's where we are now, the consumers, the younger generation, that's what the, 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 they want to eat now. They like all that different variant of flavours that they can get, you know. Mm. Um, our pizzas are Neapolitan style uh, and they're cooked in a wood fire oven, um, which gives them more flavour, I suppose. Oh, it does, absolutely. Um, but you've kept the old school house going. How's business doing there and what are the challenges? Uh, the challenges currently faced by, uh, I think there's faced by everybody in the industry, are the, the rising cost of commodities, which then has a rising of cost in the, 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 the price of product, mm-hmm. which then, I suppose, eats into your bottom line. Do you pass that on to the customer? There's only so much you can pass on, to be honest with you. It gets to a stage where the, the product then bec- would become too expensive for the consumer to purchase. 
So it's a fine line between getting the profit, the margins right yeah. and keeping the customer. And that's where we are. So I think all businesses and hospitality especially have probably found that their margins have shrunk drastically in the last 12 to 18 months. And do you see it continuing? Are you trying to ride this out? Yes, it's about consolidation in the next 18 months. If you can get through the next 18 months, you'll be doing, every, anybody or business survives it in our industry in the next 18 months will, will, will can go on to get stronger. You know, I think then it's about growth, but currently now it's just about consolidation. Just consolidating it. What about the staffing issues? Because we've heard a lot about that too, trying to get the right people to work for you. Yes, that's always a challenge, you know, and at the end of the day, in any, in any business, and mine's no different, I'm only as good as the people that surround me. Uh, I like to think of myself as a facilitator. I only make the wheel go round. I'm only the person who makes that go round. My staff are the cogs in that wheel or in that chain that makes it go round. And it's getting more difficult to uh, recruit staff into our industry. Um, yeah, we have had difficulty recruiting staff especially now with the uh, Brexit coming in and the, the work visas for the immigrants coming out of Europe aren't as easily obtained now. Uh, the point system is more, diff- made it more difficult for people to come into the country. And there would have been a high percentage of those uh, jobs in uh, hospitality that were taken by uh, immigrants from Europe. So that's been a big blow to you? Yeah, it would be, yeah. Right. And do you see a solution? Do you see anything in sight? I mean, if you were starting out, would you want to work in hospitality if you weren't the owner? That's a good question. Uh, (laughs) If I wasn't the owner, would I want to work in hospitality? I don't think I would personally. And that's just been honest about it. Uh, There is a misconception, though, that that there's no uh, downtime and you have to work weekends and all. But I think that's changing now. I look at other industries and I see retail that are open seven days a week and most industries now just don't pigeonhole themselves Monday to Friday any longer, apart from the civil service. Um, they seem to work Monday to Friday all the time, no change. But other industries, retail, even manufacturing now is open seven days a week. So there there was a, a, a general consensus that in, in hospitality you had to work weekends. But if you're in it, and I was born into hospitality, there is no such thing as a weekend. Every day is, is, is a day of it's the week. It's another day. Yeah. Um, and are you flexible? Do you provide that flexible approach to people who work for you? We do. We, we try to as much as it's feasible and possible. Yeah. You know, and that's sta- the challenge, isn't yes, it? You'd love challenge. to be able to do that, be that brilliant uh, employer. In, in an ideal world, yes, that's, that's what it would be. And everybody would be getting weekends off. And we try to, to make that sustainable as much as possible. But that would then... I suppose go back to the staffing levels and how good they are uh, throughout the year, you know. So with the shacks then, both uh, in Kamla and in Russ Trevor, do you need as many people? You do need as many people, probably. I understand different skills or different skills, and, and you, you know you you wouldn't have table service then, would There's you? No table no, service. You're not needed. waiting in customer no. service and all of those. It's about getting things out quickly. Yes, it's about getting. Uh, it's less customer facing, uh, and it's about getting the product to the to people and um, 80% of them now order online so there's, there is less of that dealing with the customer you know answering, the, answering phone. the phone so mm-hmm. there is a less of a labor in that very end of it so has technology really helped you run the business yes technology definitely improves running a business it definitely has made it easier in the last five years I would say mm-hmm. now you're going into business now with your brother Paul yes how do you feel about that feel fantastic yeah. <laughs> uh, sp- to work that closely together with your sibling yeah I think 
when you're younger with your siblings, you always have maybe have a disagreement or uh, variant opinions and stuff. Uh, I think both Paul and I are level enough headed and after having our own business and running our own businesses for a period of time, then gets to the stage where you're, you're more easier to listen to other people's opinions or ways of doing things. And I think that's where I, I've improved definitely in him as well. Um, do you bring different attributes to yeah. the business, do you think? Yeah, yin and yang. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Peter and Paul. Yeah, yin, yin and, and yang. yang. Who's yin and who's yang? <laughs> I'm yin, he's yang. Definitely, we both bring different things to the table, and that's why uh, it's easy. Uh, because uh, he's good at one thing where I'm poor at it, I'm good at where he's poor at it, and we're uh, both know by just talking, right, you're going to deal with this and I'm going to deal with that, and that's the way it is. What are uh, your strengths, Peter? I'm a hard worker. Yeah, I'm hands-on. I'm, I'm not afraid to get stuck in it. Um, Paul would be less than that, but he's better people manager than I am. Ah, so he does all the, the yeah, talking. he does all the talking. Does right. it, and, and I'm happy for him to do that, you know. So that, that's a match made in heaven, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that sounds yeah. great. Uh, so, you know, you both help each other out and you both play to those strengths. Yes, indeed. Talk me through the old uh, schoolhouse and the offering. I had a look at the website and I must admit the breakfast sounded lovely, the lunches sounded lovely, uh, the evening meals sounded lovely and, and you're so beautifully located as well. For those who maybe aren't from this area, I know we're in Newry today recording, um, it's, it's, it's a lovely place to go and visit. Yeah, Restrava's beautiful, definitely is. It's one of those places that if you've never been to it before and you, and you drive through it or drive from one point in your head and towards Westraver and, and the mountains just sweep, they literally do just sweep down to the sea. I was going to work this morning and Kieran for luck was just listening. It was like a mirror and I, and I was just going, don't we live and work in a fantastic area? And, you know, I'm in the, in the schoolhouse for nine years and I was really unprepared for how many visitors there are actually to the South Down Peninsula. Um, it used to be just summer and occasionally winter, but now that... that tourism trade as such has just exploded and we get visitors all year round from all continents and countries in the world you know it really is a fantastic it's the gateways to the morns from end of south down and it goes newcastle and and along valley up into silent valley and it's absolutely beautiful beautiful place to work and live and is it great to share the local stories? I know you said you don't like the talking side of things, but actually when you hear people coming, are they interested in finding out the history? Do they usually have family connections with the area or is it brand new to some people? No, Reserva's a very cultural village, you know. Um, it has a lot of history behind it. Um, and that's where it bears its name from. Uh, River was, a, and I think it was a general in the, in the American army and they have a monolith on the left going into it. So there is a lot of history and culture and a lot, a lot of cross-community events that go on throughout the year. Uh, the most famous one is probably um, the Fiddler's Green Festival. It's going access to 25 years now and um, it's very, very heavily attended, you know. And you always get people coming in when, when you're talking to customers coming in and they're always in some sort of a journey, whether it's looking for a, an ancestor or going walking in the hills or just there for the day of passing through. There's always somebody who has a story for you, you know. You're selling it to me. I fancy, I fancy <laughs> heading down there now. It sounds absolutely beautiful. And, you know, it is about the, the entire offering in the area. Do you find that businesses in hospitality in the area are very supportive of each other? Yes, 
They definitely are. There's no doubt about that there. They had a collaboration a few years ago where the businesses came together and we had a, f- a food trail as such. So we've um, done that quite regularly there. And so they went from one uh, hospitality business to another uh, and offered these walking tours of the village. So it was quite good to get there. Um, business creates business in, in my mind yeah. there, you know. So if I'm busy and that has a knock-on effect on another business or if another business is busy, I'm going to get it busy because they're busy, you yeah. know, and uh, Restrever's become a destination and that's where the key till it is in hospitality. You can't just rely on what's around you. You need to attract the customer to you and that's what Restrever's become. It's become a destination for a day tripper or a weekend visitor uh, and there's definitely that's the way it's going to go be in the future. So why Camla then for the new The Shack? I suppose we thought long and hard about this, Um be honest with you, uh, we're both from Camla, that's we were born and reared, and our families have businesses there, you know. So it was a wee bit a step for me personally, it was a step closer to home. Uh, and we think that the, the, the demographic of the people is there for, for us to open this, and there's definitely a demand for it. Uh, Camla's the gateway to South Armagh, um, and it's a bit chimney pots when it comes to our industry, and the many people are around you. So we, we, we feel that there's a need for it there and there's definitely a customer base passes our door every day. Access to 25,000 vehicles go, go through Camel every day. And so if you stop a percentage of those, you, you'll do all right. And when will the, the new shack be open? Well, anticipated opening date is late September, early October of this year. Which is 2023, just in case people are listening to this and they think, what year is it? Yeah, 2023. Yes. Okay, so it's, 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 it's happening. And are you excited about doing this together yeah i'm excited uh but there's intrepidation there as well because you're getting into the unknown and you're investing um and i suppose you just want to have it opened now at this stage we just need to get it opened and uh, and get the systems in place and make sure that everything goes okay you know you're just keen to get started I yeah can tell. definitely keen to get started and it's like anything else uh, once you're at it for a short period of time uh, it becomes a habit then uh, and the systems internally in the business will will settle in, you know. How do you market your businesses? Um, actually, my sister does that for me. She's uh, our social, a lot of it's done on social media. Yeah. Uh, currently, uh, either through social platforms, Instagram, Facebook. Can't, can't mention it, can I? You can, yeah. absolutely. I think I think when you're going to a restaurant now, you know, everybody expects to see the, the nice food on Instagram. Yeah. So it's it's kind of, you have to do it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you do indeed. The new generation, the younger generation, the millennia, if you want to call them that, that's where it is. They live their life online and, and that's either a fortunate thing or an unfortunate, mm. whatever generation you're from. But that's where it is now. Uh, 90% of our marketing is done online with a small piece done through word of mouth I suppose as well and that's a big driver in it as well it's word of mouth but definitely social media platforms is where where it's done now but you ask your sister to do it do you think I you'll do, be getting yeah, more involved you won't be appearing and having a starring no, role definitely not no I like to keep Paul will do that <laughs> well that remains to be seen <laughs> you guys say you'd be a good double act and um, you're both incredibly fit as well I believe you take part in Ironman challenges yeah. <laughs> so you've got to burn off those pizzas, I suppose. Um, yes, we do. I do a bit of that there, and Paul does that, a bit of that as well. Um, You're being a bit modest here, I think. Yeah, I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I've always, I've always done sport. I was involved in sport most of my, my life. All my life, actually. I played a lot of football for, for local uh, Gaelic football club, Kerr Cruppen, and I uh, played right up until, until I was in my mid-30s. And then um, when I quit that... Uh, 
I still needed exercise and I took up triathlon then. Uh, and that snowballed into competing in Ironman events, you know. Um, yeah, and I like I like that. I like staying fit. Um, it keeps me focused uh, and it's good for the mind as well. So um, what sort of training do you have to do? Because like, I do a little bit of jogging and I think that's incredible if I can run a 5K, but you're training and you what you take part in, you're pushing yourself. You're just literally seeing what your body can do every day. It depends. I like having a goal. So if I entered a race, uh, say if, if it's a full Ironman, yeah, your, your schedule can be pretty full. But it's all about time management. Um, if you manage the time, there's no reason why you can't find, uh, say, per se, 10 hours a week to do some exercise. And I know that I benefit from exercise. And if I benefit from it, the people that surround me benefit from it. It makes me a better person. It makes it clearer for me to make decisions in terms of me family life and in terms of my business life as well um, and when do you fit it in what time works for you I find early morning it helps a lot uh, and if I have a day I'm a, I'm a day off I take a day off now religiously take my day off uh, I try and get some training done on my day off as well but if I go early in the morning six o'clock in the morning a couple of three mornings a week I can have exercise done before any of the kids are out of bed exactly uh, and it ticks a box you know I know. The thing is, the people that say they can't fit it in, it's just making the excuses. You there can is, always fit it in. And listen, don't get me wrong, I make them as well. <laughs> so do I. Me, uh, there's times, there's plenty of times I make them and just don't bother doing what I'm meant to do. Do you think it keeps you mentally fit too? Uh, unequivocally, keeps you mentally fit. Um, exercise is the key to that for me. Uh, even in terms of certain pr- uh, issues that I may have at work that I can't find a clear path to a solution on them. Uh, go out and do my exercise and if I'm away for an hour or two hours on my bike I could have a plethora of issues sorted out by the time it's out. yeah it makes it clear and uh, it gives you time to think through uh, what you're going to do or how you're going to approach a, a problem at work you know there's something lovely too about once you've got out of bed that early morning yeah fantastic the air it? yeah it's absolutely fantastic a wee bit more difficult in the winter time obviously mm. but uh, once the clocks go forward or back whatever it's 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 easier you know, and definitely utilizes your day to the full. You're up early, uh, and you have so much done before the day has even started for a lot of other people, and that's what I like about it as well. You know. And you said that it helps you in your business, and it helps with everybody that's around you. And um, what kind of leader do you think you are, or do you try to be? I try to be the best leader, given the day that I am here. If you understand what I'm saying, every day is a different day for me. So uh, some days they throw it cu- throw, uh, could throw a curveball at you and you deal with it better today than you would tomorrow mm-hmm. or vice versa, you know. So I, I try to be the best person that I can every day at work and I make mistakes, but I don't try to define the rest of my working week or define the rest of my day. I have to stand by the decision I make and sometimes they're wrong. But for me, knowing that you've made the mistake and being able to change that, it, it helps, you know, uh, I think. Uh, that's how I've progressed as a person in business is uh, understand uh, right okay I've made a mistake here uh, how am I going to rectify that mm-hmm. uh, and, and if it involves someone else can you say sorry oh yeah I can say sorry uh, uh, although my wife wouldn't always agree with you on that one <laughs> <laughs> you're always right uh, yeah because that's a big thing for people yeah. to be able to do I think I've, I've learned how to do that uh, I used to classify myself as a micromanager and that would have been a, a, a problem mm-hmm because I wouldn't, been, I don't know if it was fear, but 
let letting the people that are designated to do their actual jobs, letting them grow in their in the job that they're doing, just let them do it and having the belief and trust them to do it. And, and I, I think me personally, I've got better at that over the years. I've let that um, aspect of, of micromanagement has got less and less and, and less. And how did you do that? Just go out on your bike? <laughs> no, I think... I think just years of, of being in business and making decisions and having seen a problem that you've had before and dealing with it a different way has helped me do that there and understand that actual fact. I'm only as good as the people that's around me. So if I don't let them do their job, they're not going to be there. That's it. Um, and they need challenged and they yeah. need you to believe in them. And yeah. if they make a mistake, it's okay? Of course it's okay. It's definitely okay to make a mistake, you know. Yeah. Uh, we make mistakes as humans every day, every day of our lives, you know. What does it mean to you to be a dad of five girls? Yeah. It's very special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very, very lucky. Uh, both my wife and I are very lucky with f- five girls. My eldest is ten, and uh, then I have uh, seven, six, four, and my youngest is eighteen months. So, or she's just two now in November. So next year they'll all be at primary school together which is very special for us, you know. It's a nice time for us. Um, Christmas is really good, yeah. and the house is never quiet. I would imagine. You know? uh, I'm a f- I'm, I am mean, I'm a family man, although uh, I do spend quite a bit of my working week at work, uh, but I try to spend as much time, as free time with them as possible as I can, you know. Do you ever feel outnumbered? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you they spoil you rotten, do they? The, not yet, but I hope for they later will. years that they will. <laughs> yeah. But I have learned just say yes. Just say yes, and then everybody will be happy, Daddy. Yeah. Yes. Um. What kind of world do you hope your children will grow into and grow up and be adults in, especially girls? Yeah, that's interesting. I suppose I have thought about that as a father. Um, I hope they grow up in a world that I grew up in, one that was loving and caring, uh, and I know that is what they're going to get anyway. You know, uh, and I hope that it doesn't change that much in terms of technology uh, going forward. I know that's impossible to say that it's not going to because it is, but I just hope that it doesn't get too fast, too quick for them, you know. They're only children at the end of the day, and I like to keep them as uh, children as long as possible. For as long as possible, I know, and they they grow up so soon with everything that's all-consuming at the minute. Opportunity-wise for girls, do you think it's getting better? Yeah, no doubt it's getting better for, 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 for women in industry. Definitely, they're, they're driving, they're in Northern Ireland, they're definitely a driving force behind it now at the minute. There's no doubt about it. A lot of new businesses are opened up or started by, by women, you know. And there are, are more opportunities out there for, for girls now, you know, whether it's in um, professional capacity or even in, in, in terms of uh, beauty or hairdressing. There's definitely, definitely more uh, opportunities for them now. And do you think the girls will be going into the business with you? Would you like that? I think I won't push them to do it, but I'll let them make up their own minds. And if they want to do it, I'll fully support them, you know. Um, I think as parents, we only give our kids the the skills to make these decisions. Uh, They are wee blank canvases at the end of the day, you know. And what you give them is what should come out at the end, you know. so obviously you, you've got the entrepreneurial spirit from your late dad and indeed your mum as well and the family. Um, what do you think you would like your legacy to be? Obviously, it's a long way to have to be thinking about that. But what would you like to, especially in your local area, to have left? I don't know. 
I never really thought about it, to be quite honest with you. I'm just happy to go to work, um, have my business, have another business, and be successful for my family more than anything. Uh, if you ask me why I'm doing it or what I, why, why I go to work, that's mainly it. I want to provide for my family in as best capacity as I can. Uh, never really thought about a legacy. It's too early for that. Yeah, definitely too early for that. There are a few more years left for me. Uh, I don't think retirement or a legacy of any description. I never thought thought much about it. Um, I'd like to keep working as far on as possible into my life. You know, yes, fully intend to take the foot off the gas, but it's okay to be involved. I think it's vitally important that you get the stage of life where you're still involved and doing something. Uh, not every day of the week, but definitely something that keeps you involved mentally and physically. Uh, I think that's where I am with it. And also giving back to your local community. Yeah, definitely giving back to the local community, supporting clubs um, through sponsorship or whatever it is. And also creating employment as well, uh, which is vitally important, you know. Uh, that's the way communities work. Okay. Absolutely. Now, as I ask all of the guests who sit in your seat, uh, this final question is the one I'd like to ask you next. The purpose, Peter, of this podcast is to inspire existing business owners and ambitious entrepreneurs to grow their business by offering an insight into the success of businesses such as the Old School House and the Shack, both uh, the current one and the one that's about to open and indeed the yellow heifer so what advice would you give to people who may have a business idea maybe it's in hospitality or maybe not but have no idea where to begin or are unsure as to whether that risk is worth taking yes um i think the most important thing for anybody that doesn't know whether they want to do it or not is be confident in yourself have the belief that you can do it there's no such thing as a can't and there's no such thing as no. There's also no such thing as failure. If you believe in what you're going to do, you will succeed at it. And you have to be clear in that conscious decision going forward. Yes, this is what I'm going to do and I am going to succeed at it. And and that's where it is. You have, you have to believe in yourself. And I firmly believe in what I do. And I think going forward, there'll be a lot of people out there sitting in the position that I had been in 10 years ago or whenever it was a first went into business who have no knowledge or have no belief that they can do it, but they can. They just need to make the decision. Yes, don't sit on the cliff edge. Take the decision and go with it and you, you won't regret it. Did you have any key people who helped you? Yes, I did have. I wouldn't be sitting here today one for my parents and two my family in terms of my siblings but my wife supports me in every decision I make and I wouldn't be sitting here today only for my wife because she's the driving force behind me uh, she supports me in everything I do and she understands the sacrifices that we both make in terms of a business and family life you know but yeah she's she she she's a, a key driver uh, in what I do that's my wife Darvla you're a good team yeah well, look, Peter Quinn, it's been a pleasure having you in the podcast studio today. All the very best of luck to you and Paul for the opening of the shack in Kamla. And I look forward to paying a visit to all of your establishments at some point in the future. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. And do join me on the next Public Eye podcast, where we'll be meeting another fantastic guest. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how? 
Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio, which is based in the heart of Newry City. Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. We also provide an editing service for our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granitepodcaststudio.com.